Hey everybody, welcome to the 5 for 5 podcast. My name is Panchito, and as always, I'm joined by Mike. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, how's it going, folks? I'm happy to be here as usual, man. Well, Mike, I'm excited to be back for another episode of the show where we play for pointless points and pointless prizes. But the journey through history is priceless. So last time I got to go and we went through sort of a little collection of inventions and things like that that I thought were pretty cool from that time period. And you said when you came in today, you had something interesting for me on your turn. What are you thinking about? Yeah, I decided to um, kind of take a page out of your book uh, from last week and go with a a different direction with my episode and what we're going to do is we're going to look into companies and items that were invented within the last hundred years uh dating from 1920 to 1925 so stuff turning 100 yeah basically just stuff turning 100 nice okay well should we get into it right after this yeah sounds good Okay, everybody, we're ready to get into the show. Mike, you brought in a collection of stuff turning 100, right? Yeah, I got a bunch of things here, so I figured let's just start pulling them out right away. Immediately, number one for me was the NFL. The NFL, wow. That's right. Big deal, right? Yeah, everybody loves the foosball. That's right. The foosball is not evil. It is a fun sport enjoyable by many it's uh popular around here definitely with our friends yeah absolutely it can get really rowdy really heated yeah it makes for some good discussion yeah our friends are an eclectic mix of fans of various teams ranging from what the the falcons to the niners yep and it always makes for an interesting season yeah absolutely there's always a lot of smack talk going on and ultimately the nfl is just a great thing to get people to kind of come together it's one of the few watering holes we have left in society do we have any context about that it's turning 100 i'm sure it's been through a bunch of changes oh yeah i mean it definitely has um i know that back then the college games were more popular probably right 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 i remember that even before the nfl i think it all started with college football really i think the nfl from my understanding was that it was meant to be the first time that you could have nationwide like professional contention in this sport right right absolutely so now we're talking about paid players and sponsorships and all these kinds of things they open themselves basically to being a business revolving around football instead of just college games exactly it wasn't just collegiate right so moving on beyond the nfl um i thought this was really interesting 1920 actually marks the 100th anniversary of the first passenger aircraft flight um, that used to regularly fly from London to Amsterdam. Passenger aircraft, like there were planes flying around with cargo, transporting goods and things like that. Exactly. Right? Before it was like just commercial goods, things like that. Or an actual pilot using the plane to take themselves somewhere, right? Correct. Just one individual. But this one, you're talking about somebody paid to sit in an empty seat on a plane going somewhere. Right. But let's touch on that. Uh Empty seat for the passenger. Okay. Okay. The pilot was in open air for the entire flight. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Pretty crazy. uh, Like on a prop plane? Yeah. How many passengers? Four. Four passengers on that first flight. Can you imagine how much that must have cost? Well, I can tell you what, uh, service was probably not a thing with it, right? (laughs) Right, right. There's definitely no peanuts. I mean, we think of flights now and we think of a lot of things we have to go through and then we expect certain things once we're on the plane. Exactly. Uh, At a very minimum, somebody attending to us in some way, right? Right. Verifying our safety at the very least. Please. But back then, I can imagine it was just like some plane with some wheel chucks because there wasn't a lot of air traffic, right? No. And then, like, who knows what the seat looked like? Oh my gosh, it was probably wooden. Right, some kind of bucket, maybe a seat belt. Yeah, if that. Or just like a little grabby strap or something on the side. 
what if there were no straps or, or seat belts or it's just here you are. You're on this plane. Congratulations. You get to go. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm just saying it's a whole different time, man. Well, the pilot was probably the one himself sort of telling people where to go and everything. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was he was a one man show. He's the flight attendant slash pilot slash everything. Yeah. And there is no mid flight announcement. <laughs> Definitely not. You can't even hear the mid flight scream. You know what was missing from those first flights? What's that? Where the pilot goes, uh, we're going to be arriving at our destination uh, (laughs) shortly, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) That was really good, man. Yeah, that wasn't in there. But, you know, moving on from uh, airplane flights, we have the 100th anniversary of Prohibition. Nice. Right? Trying to pass. I know. Seriously. Everyone's favorite. Well, it was supposed to last for a long time, right? It was supposed to be everlasting. Oh, man. Yeah. But it didn't last that long. It didn't last very long. I think it made it into like the early 30s or something. Yeah, I think the 31 it was repealed, if I'm not mistaken. 30 or 31, right in the Depression. I mean, you got to get something to get you by that Depression, man. I don't doubt that it was as unpopular as I've heard and read right this was you know something that prompted mafia to start making money right right it created black markets Mm -hmm. you know and then people are are resorting to making moonshine in the woods or in the bathtub or something yeah like as soon as it became illicit it became something that people really wanted i think oh immediately it was probably one of the first big national examples of something like that taking place right i agree Uh, you know it's uh in that era though we were really starting to kind of put the hammer down on certain things right Right. You know, uh-huh. we weren't too far off either from um, the, the federal government banning um, marijuana. Yeah. Morality was like a hot button that sort of led us down a bunch of different roads. Yeah. We were we thought that we could control it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, and that was definitely an interesting period of our history. I think they were just trying to figure out what it was the system was capable of actually being able to us to like help with. Right. Well, I mean, I, I could see how you could observe it that way. Absolutely. And I could say that is part of the entire experiment. Right. We sure. do to a degree. Those things will be tested. I'm, right. I, I, whether or not I think they're necessary is a whole other conversation. But that's that is definitely something that's going to happen. Well, it sure as heck happened. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean? And and people dealt with it. And I'll tell you what, it was a crazy time because crime essentially spiked due yeah. to it. I mean, it's nutty. What, Even alcoholism spiked. Absolutely. It's almost like people binged yeah because the people that wanted it once they got some yeah they went ham absolutely because they finally had it in their hands yeah you know bootleg liquor coming in from canada and mexico i mean it's just crazy yeah yeah what a time here's a really interesting one man i because to me it's kind of a big deal um how about the walt disney company walt disney company and walt disney studios i think uh, the same both, year right? both at the same time yeah, yeah absolutely together that one is huge i think it's huge because of what we're looking at just happened recently and what just happened panchito disney plus big time that's what i'm talking about i mean that's like full at home entertainment penetration now right my wife is at home right now in bed sick binging on disney plus i'll tell you what on my apple tv uh we signed up for the Disney Plus, and then the Disney Plus got moved up to the favorites bar. Oh, it's necessary to be moved. Before we even opened the app, it got moved up to the favorites bar. That's that's faster than me, man. I still haven't even moved it yet. We just knew that we 
wanted that there. Yeah. I mean, they're doing cool stuff. I mean, it's exciting because obviously the library and everything, 100 years worth, right? But uh, they're still creating content. Original content's going to be out there. And it's still dope. Seriously, it's production quality. I mean, you're uh-huh. not getting skimmed on at all, in my opinion. I think it says a lot that it's a hundred year old endeavor at this point like it says a lot about the quality especially now when do you think it like kind of speaks to how dynamic they are as a company or like i think that they're risk takers but in a creative sense they've always sort of as a company said okay we're gonna make a movie but we're gonna do something special with it and so they used to like trace real people real women dancing And then they use that for Snow White, Cinderella, and Sleeping Beauty and all of that, right? Right. An approach that no one else was really taking at the time. Right. It was basically like motion capture. Yeah. It was like the the great granddad of mocap. And they don't have to do those things, you know? No, but it was part of the magic. Right. And that's the genius of it. I think that's still what they're doing because with the new setup, Disney Plus and everything, they're saying, okay, we're going to give you home streaming entertainment all the old stuff you're used to when they give you the new one they give it to you on like a motion picture quality it's huge to me because for a nominal fee you're let into the vault i'll tell you what it says something i think uh when companies make it this long yeah any company i'm disney or not right right? and and here's the thing though and and let me let me add a slight caveat to that uh companies that haven't been swallowed up by another company either right yeah because they have remained independent or even their concept that their concept is still around they are still walt disney because well you talk about that plane company right klm i mean klm said hey the plane's going anyways right right and i've got room to throw some bench seats in the back why don't i charge somebody if they want to come they can help me chip in for gas maybe the concept was as simple as they can chip in for gas that's pretty amazing even if that is the case right but then it sticks around right because that's how we even determine how much plane tickets cost now it's your share of the gas and the service and all of that kind of stuff right Right. the insurance all of those things and that pays for your seat exactly it's all packed into the equation that that becomes your price i like that i like the concept that some of the company's concepts that's what their bread and butter was to start and what's made them last it's built their longevity they're tried and true well i'm sure there's other stuff that you want to get into that is probably just as tried and true and if you want mike we'll do the rest of them in the second half i'm really excited to do it man all right we'll be right back after this perfect this is evita from flying blind podcast you're listening to the five for five podcast with Panchito and mike Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. All right, everybody, we're back for the second half of a cool show with a cool premise that Mike brought about 100-year-old stuff, right? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a different direction. Than, than what we normally take. You know, usually we're bringing the articles, talking about some crazy news. But 100 years old makes it worth mention, right? Agreed. 100%. Yeah. I'm Big with time. it. Um, one of the things that I, I thought was really interesting when I was doing my research on this topic was within the time span of 1920 to 1925, Snap-on Tools was founded. And that is very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, car guys, 
right? Man, we love our Snap-on tools if we can get our hands on them. You know, let me tell you something that is remarkable to me about that company. And it goes back to that concept thing we were talking about in the first half. Snap-on felt and still feels like it was for specialists, right? Yeah, tool guys selling tool guys tools. Yeah. You know what they started with? What they started selling? Wasn't it like a like sockets? Like just like snap-on sockets? Yeah, they had like a slogan built around that they had like five different sizes for five uh, do the work of 50, right? Yeah, uh, the five five different socket sizes on five different handles or something like that. Yeah. Or 10 sockets on five different handles. It's pretty amazing if you think about it. Well, it is because it shows a lot of diversity, like some creativity in a field that was pretty much just about cranking a wrench, right? Exactly. They came up with something unique, but it still had a lot of utility. Right. It was good quality. And like you said, a specialist, somebody just like you sold it to you. Exactly. That, I think, has a lot of value. It really does because there's buy-in. Yeah. Right. And Snap-on locked onto that really right from the onset, right? It helps, man. It really helps to generate that that value in the brand. I think expertise was something that people have always put a lot of value in. But that face-to-face interaction, like that direct marketing from industry to industry, that's important. That way you just don't feel like you're just getting a customer service delivery. Yeah. But you're actually like getting what you need. Exactly. Yeah. Customer needs get met. Um, if you're feeling hungry, I'm going to go with foods for you here. So I've got two different kinds for you. One savory, one sweet. Oh, it's a good combination. You right? got to have one of each. Got to switch it up, man. Um, founded within 1920 to 1925. The first one, if you're feeling savory, how about the Utz? Like chips. Ooh, Utz snack foods. Yeah. Okay, I know that they're famous for chips and pretzels and things like that. Cheese puffs. The cheese puffs. Yes. Yes. The cheese puffs are money. Money. They're, I feel like they're hard to find out here on the on the Southwest. Um, I would say generally on the West Coast. Really? They're really easy back East to find. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's a lot of brands that I like that are available on the East Coast and not available here that I've tried other places. Yeah. Utz is definitely one of them, and it's because of those darn cheese balls. Delicious. Super, super good products, and they feel really uh, sort of simple, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, definitely not like maybe superior to any other one brand, but really on par with any of the top brands that you could think of. Um, let's go sweet. Okay, sweet. Seize candy. Nice. Seize right? candy. Always good for a free sample. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, you got to make it count. What was your favorite sample? Uh, You know, I like anything in a dark chocolate, but I'm really into like that brick dark chocolate with mm. the almonds in it. I was always trying to get just their caramels. Really? That's all I wanted was their caramel. I love Seas Candy, but their caramels are like top notch for me. You know what's my uh, my big thing, though, that I do buy? And I, I almost every time I go in to get something from my wife, I end up leaving with something for myself. And it's not usually a piece of chocolate. It's those rectangular lollipops. I like the chocolate one. The dark one, right? Yes. Yes. With the gold foil. Yes. Yeah, those things are so good. And they make the little drops too. Those things are downright sinful. Yes, they are. <laughs> I, for a while, I, I was like in the habit of buying a, a couple boxes of those little drops from my office. Yeah. And then I realized I was just overloading on these things and just constantly popping them in. Like if I had a stressful day, my garbage can would go out that night with like 50 little gold foils in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But what I like about C's is actually the fact that it looks 100 years old. Yeah, they're super old school in their design and everything. Like when you even walk into a C's candy store, uh-huh. it's like you're walking into like this old school chocolatier like retail store. It's really cool. But you know what it is? It's a lot of times a old timiness can look sort of overdone or cheesy or, yeah. you know, kind of like just outdated. Right? Yeah, super dated. But in a C's candy shop, it's nostalgia. That's what it comes off as, right? It's appropriate. It's like you walk in and it's not overdone in any way. It's just like right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether or not all the candy's made there, it feels like all the candy's made there. It definitely feels that way. Yeah. Um. Let me hit you with a big one. Okay. Because this is uh, we're getting something we're, major. Yeah. Something. Something major. Is it is it okay for me to hit you with something? Yeah, let's we can go up to like thirty four. Okay. How about Time Magazine? Time Magazine. Yeah. Wow. Right. As in, eventually would become Time Warner. As in, eventually would be Time Warner. Okay, so Time Magazine is a big one, and I'm gonna tell you why I agree that it's a big one. Okay. Man of the year, person of the year, woman of the year. So influential. Right. Who, as a media outlet, who else besides Time Magazine can put out something declaring that a person is a person of a whole year? Right. Of all the people on the planet, this individual. And everybody sort of unanimously agrees with this magazine, with this publication. And with hindsight, you you look back at all the people who have been nominated and made Man of the Year, Woman of the Year. Some of these people have been highly controversial people. I'm just saying. Right, but usually they kind of hit it on the nose. Whether or not you like the person. Or not, yeah. Uh huh. If Time Magazine says that they're a person of note, somebody of whom you should take notice, right? Yes. They're pretty dead on. Including Adolf Hitler. Yeah. I mean, that that was really what I was getting at when I'm like, man, like that guy made it on the cover of Time Magazine. Well, you said something interesting in the past was that you can be a success at being bad. Oh, yeah. Like success isn't necessarily guarantee a good outcome, right? You right. You can be successfully vicious. Yes. As easily as you could be successfully glorious and, and know, good wonderful and, and all of these things, right? Yeah, you're right. So... You know, person of the year, just as as a person of note, that was kind of the person that they needed to be talking about. Well, especially on the year that it was. Yeah, agreed. Well, that says something about them understanding the penetration that they had with the citizenry, too. Because when they put someone like that on the cover, they're saying, hey, if you don't know, you need to be up on this. Which is amazing if you think about it, because they were doing that not too shortly after their founding. Yeah. Uh I mean, that's some fast penetration. Like, we can declare this. You'll read it. And so that means they have almost 100 years worth of consistently being right about that. Yes. Agreed. Or... Or pretty close. No, I, I would agree. I would say because you're by by simply using a, an individual of note, an individual, whether you agree with them or not, that you should be noticing and understand who they are. Uh-huh. Yes, you are right. I would say totally. Yeah. That, Time Magazine is definitely one of those things where um, it, it there's so many things that are talked about in a Time Magazine. But the one thing that will always stick out is the person of the year. Um, we've also had things of the year, right? Like I don't have it. Yeah. There's been, there's been objects. They did that computer, that IBM computer. The I, Watson. Watson, yeah. Right, right. And, and that's pretty cool if you think about it, you know. Well, it's a smart choice. I mean, it's probably controversial when it happened. Right. And someone might say that it was a waste or whatever, but uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like if technology that year took a forefront. Right. 
and the item is representative of let's say like a team sure or a human innovation of some sort yeah then yeah that's noteworthy i agree with that i because i think that watson at that time when it was when he when it was new it was a human achievement yeah it was about look what we did exactly i mean which is interesting now because we we create computers that just blow that thing out of the water now and we don't give them the same kind of notoriety yeah that's true yeah but again when it came out it was the thing to take note of absolutely that's that's definitely indisputable well kudos to them for keeping up with that because that's got to be a lot of research i know they do really cool uh year end things too they do I like when they come out with those. They do those like special edition booklets and things like that. Yeah, we're coming up. Coming up to around that time of year. Well, I'm going to be looking for my copy. Absolutely. I think I'll be uh, making sure that I don't miss that next time I'm in the supermarket. <laughs> well, you have any other you want to mention real quick before we wrap it up? Yeah, one final one because I think it's relevant to most of us, especially the those of us living in the first world. Um, okay. Rubbermaid. Oh, like the Tupperware? Yeah, Rubbermaid brand. Nice. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it was actually a brand, believe it or not, founded to make toy balloons. Toy balloons in the 1920s make sense. Yeah, exactly. They actually didn't um, enter into the household items market until the 1930s. Okay, so the kitchen became a lot more important than they saw money there. Yeah, exactly. And they haven't really left it since, and they've expanded into so many other things. My favorite thing that they've done, if we're talking about 100 years of Rubbermaid, my favorite things, because uh, I just added one in my head, yeah, were the burp. Okay. Like the Tupperware burp. I remember. I thought that was really fun. And the other one was uh, they used to like try and beat up their trash cans on the commercials. I totally remember that. Yeah. Those were really cool things. They were really abusing those trash cans, man. I think they, uh, they did some clever things in terms of durability uh, of their products. Yeah. And... I think that it's assisted in their durability as a company. I agree. I think that when most people think of Rubbermaid, they do typically will associate quality to it. Yeah, it's a standard. Yeah. And, you know, they're relatively affordable priced items. They're usually not the cheapest, but they're usually not the most expensive. Well, I use Rubbermaid and I know a lot of people that do and I don't see it going anywhere. So I know it's still probably got a pretty bright future. Yeah, I definitely see a lot of kitchens still being and a lot of homes being filled with Rubbermaid products for quite a long time. Well, Mike, it's probably time to store this one in a Tupperware and put it away. If you want, we can wrap up this episode right after this. Let's seal it up, man. Cool. We'll get into points right when we get back. This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. You're listening to the 5 for 5 Podcast with Panchito and Mike. All right, everybody, it's time to wrap up another fun episode of the 5 for 5 Podcast, where we play for pointless points and pointless prizes. But the journey through history is priceless, folks. It is, and I had fun on today's journey. How about you? I like it, man. It was a different twist. You know what? Last time I did the twist, this time you did the twist, and they both ended up, I think, pretty fun. Put it together. It comes out real nice, man. Well, you earned yourself a prize. I'm ready for it, man. Seeing as you're talking about things that turned 100 years old... Haribo, the candy company, is 100 years old, so your prize today is going to be a box of 
100 packets of gummy bears. That's amazing. I have a sweet tooth. I could totally go for something nice and sweet right now. What's your favorite color? Green, of course. I like the white ones. Hey, those aren't bad. Yeah. I'm I okay eat a with... white one and a red one together, and it tastes really good. Okay, see, I like the white and the green. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think that was a fun episode. I can't wait to do the next one. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. That's right, folks. That's Zwerk Media, Z-W-E-R-C Media. Mike, thanks a bunch. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Panchito. Peace out.